We were buddies. They were glad to know that the one who loved them and the one prevented them from doing harm to themselves or anybody else was stronger than they were. Your kids at this age are like security cops, night watchmen, you know. They'll check every door to see if it's open. Uh, These doors representing your life, they'll punch whatever button in your life to see if they can get an opening, see if they can find a weakness. Now, what happens when a night watchman finds a door unlocked? Is that a good thing? No. Because it means behind it there's danger. Of course, it's your kid's job, it's your kid's nature to see if there's any weakness in you. But I want to tell you, every time he finds one, he doesn't like it. Because it means his life is that much more unsafe. The safest life in this world is the most obedient life. When you're a soldier and you're going out into combat, you are most safe if you have two things. A CO, a commanding officer that knows what he's talking about. And two, training for absolutely instantaneous obedience. You walk into firing, you walk into the firing uh, uh, realm and your commanding officer says, hit the dirt. The safest ones are those with a second nature that immediately go down. The most unsafe ones are the ones that say, just going, well, I, wanna, I just want to see who's firing up here. See? He's, he's totally vulnerable. And kids know that. It is so important that they know that the one who cares for them knows better than they do and is stronger than they are and loves them the whole time but does whatever necessary to constrain them. It's important for their safety, but it's also important for another reason. It's important for their success. You see, obedience isn't just a matter of safety. It's a matter of success. It's not just the safest people in the world that are obedient. It's the most successful people in the world that are obedient. It's the one... It's the ones who have gone over the fundamentals of life enough to know that anything you're going to do well, you're going to work for. And anything that is fun is a result of doing what was necessary in order to get that fun. You see, every kid comes out wanting what he wants right now. But as soon as he gets what he wants, what happens? He doesn't want what he's gotten. Every kid wants to take a shortcut. But every kid... Once he takes a shortcut, learns that, that he, there's disappointment. No, the kid who is going to achieve long-term is the kid who has done the positive thing again and again and again so that he has this firm foundation built up. And that's where you come in as parents. Your job is not only to constrain them from evil, it is to input into their lives good. And you know what that means? That means taking the initiative to teach them the scriptures every day. Every day. Now, I know some of you are saying, oh, you know, my kids, you know, they're so angry at the end of the day, I just don't think their heart's right for it. Well, let me tell you something. You're absolutely right. Their heart isn't right for it. But don't let that determine whether or not you do it. I watched my wife every night that my kids were growing up. Every night she'd call them in at the end of the day, for devotions. Now, my wife, by, by, I was mostly going to meetings, and that's why she had to do it. But, but my wife was so tired by the end of the day, she was just putting one foot in front of the other. 
She'd come to me and she'd say every day, Hunter, I just absolutely feel like a witch. Anybody feel like that? At the end of the day, I feel like a witch. If you feel like that, you're probably doing something right. Because she had, she had gone at every particular uh, 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 event and she had corrected every place she knew how. And she felt like that's all she did. And then at the end of the day, what was her job? To call the boys in for Bible study. To read them at least one story out of the Bible. So she was putting into their minds all the time what they would need to be successful later on. Now, how many times do you think Becky was in the mood for that? Hardly ever. How many times do you think the boys were in the mood for that? Are you kidding? I've got to go to bed. And first I've got to take a bath. Are you kidding? No. Every night, man, they'd stump in there, matter and hops. They wanted to do their old thing. But every night, Becky said, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this and we're going to pray. And I don't, care what you're, what, I don't care what kind of mood you're in. Your heart doesn't have to be right. I'm just going to tell you this stuff and it will have an effect because the word does not return void. And so we'd, she'd watch them and I'd watch them. And, and about two minutes into them, they were listening. See? And, 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 and their mood would change because they knew they could not overcome what was good for them. Now, let me just say to you, by the time you get into an emergency situation when you're an adult, it is too late to learn the scriptures that are going to come to you automatically. You can go back and check out the scriptures, and you should. You should search the scriptures, but they are not in you. That takes preparation. By the time you get in an emergency situation and it dawns on you, you better start developing a relationship with God. It's too late to develop a full, comforting, strengthened relationship with God that automatically overcomes the situation. Oh, it's never too late to ask for forgiveness. It's never too late to get correction. But you won't have what you need if you wait till then, and neither will your kids. They need it now. It is a principle of going through the narrow, hard way first because that's better. Jesus said in the seventh chapter of uh, Matthew, he says, choose the narrow gate. He says, for the way is, is broad and, and easy that leads to destruction. And, and many are those who go that way, who find it. Most of, the, most of the people in this world, given two choices, will always take the easiest one. But what will happen is exactly what I've told you. They will always be disappointed. Jesus said, no, think about this. He said, the way is narrow and difficult that leads to life, and few are those who find it. But yet he said, choose that. Why? Because it is the fundamental principles of life that give you the strength that you need to absolutely achieve the maximum in life. We, we saw at least two little girls that had a lovely voices tonight, didn't we? I mean, beautiful. I could never sing like that. I don't care how many lessons I had. I could never sing like that. And here they are, nine and ten years old, you know. You know, 600 people, you know, it doesn't just start. They're just going at it, see? Now, what would be the worst thing to do to those girls? The worst thing to do to those girls is say, I see you've got some natural talent there. Take off. Do whatever you want. Sing all the time, you know? What would be the best thing to do? The best thing to do would be to get them a teacher to develop those voices so that they could learn the broad range of what their voice could do so that they could appreciate all kinds of music 
so that they could, through practice, have better control of their voice, so that someday when they sing, it was an act of grace and inspiration and not just of raw, untrained talent. Do you think Pavarotti didn't take lessons? He had a wonderful natural voice, but because he had that natural voice, that's the very reason he went back to the fundamentals. It is so important that we learn that whatever we want to achieve, whatever we've got uh, as, a, as, a, as a natural inclination right now, we need training for. That's whether that goes for, for art. You know, do you think a ballerina just straps on a tutu one day and spins across the stage? No, it's hours and weeks and years of training in the fundamentals. Do you think some, some kid who is a, a pretty good at neighborhood football just plays for the pros someday? No, it's, it's he gets a coach and they teach him where to put his feet and they teach him how to think and they teach him how to react. And then when it becomes second nature, then he starts to develop the natural talent he has. But not before he's gotten those fundamentals. Most of you know that I teach seminarians. And I teach them in their third year. I teach leadership, church leadership. And I usually have 20, 30 guys that are ready to come out and be pastors in the very next in the in the coming months and and the main thing on their mind is how can i go into the parish and be the most effective pastor and not get fired and they come in with all of these questions they're worried about so much so many things you know what if this happens what if this happens well this happens you know and then what do you do here and i look like i look at them like i'm looking at like jesus looked at martha you know (laughs) jesus looked at martha she was going all over the place trying to do everything and he looked at her and he said martha you are worried about so many things. How, how many in here tonight would that description fit? If Jesus looked at you, would, wouldn't he say that? You are worried about so many things. And then he paused and he said this. You know what? Only a few things are important. Really only one. That one, of course, is following Christ. But the few things that are important are important for, for all of us. And if we can get these fundamentals into our lives, and we can get them into the lives of our kids, they will yield freedom and grace. I tell those seminarians, you've got to do three basic things. First of all, you've got to develop your relationship with God unto personal holiness. You have to be in the Word every day. You've got to be in prayer every day. If you aren't doing that, the rest of it will cave in. The rest of it will cave in. Secondly, you've simply got to love those who God sends you one at a time. Don't worry about the crowd. Just love those who God puts in front of you. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't run out and say, I've got to save the world today. Whoever came into his path, that's who he loved. That's who he poured his life into. Very simple. And third, you've got to develop your calling. Whatever that calling is, just a day at a time, just a step at a time. Don't worry about all the rest of that. Just be faithful with the fundamentals every day. And that will yield freedom and maturity for you 